and welcome to Stationary Adjacent, a podcast at the intersection of analog and digital productivity. I'm Justin Twyford and joined as always by my friend and Cypriot co-host, Stu Lennon. Hey Stu, how's the Mediterranean today? Uh, it's lovely as ever, uh, very warm. Um, we're, we're just cooling off now. It's evening time for me. We're, we're down to 29 degrees. Uh, but yeah, it's been another lovely day in paradise. How about Canada? Oh, I'm not sure that we've had paradise this week. We've had uh, thunderstorms and rain, torrential rain, in fact. Uh, Our road now, when it rains, it brings all the grit and uh, sand off off the local hills. Um, And it it sort of looks like it's a mountain biking park or something. It's it's this this rocks everywhere. Uh, hopefully they'll be out to clean that up. It was quite amazing to watch that. We had thunder showers. We had uh, more lightning strikes. It's just, it's crazy. This uh, crazy weather. What do they call it? Uh, climate change. Um, yeah, Ooh. I, I think it's a thing. I, I, I'm, I'm a believer now. Okay, well there you are. That's that's what it took, ladies and gentlemen. Was a thunderstorm. Mm. You know what I'm going to do, Stu? I'm going to stop using hairspray because it has all that bad stuff in it that kills the ozone layer. And makes your dome very, very shiny. That's about it, too. <laughs> uh, any follow-up this week, Stu? Uh, yeah, I had some follow-up on uh, on our episode last week um, about uh, task managers and my, uh, my foray back into the world of things. So I've been working on that um, still all week. Uh, really really enjoying it justin i've got um i've got a morning routine in there now sort of repeating task with the checklist uh i've got um an, a close down routine uh same thing a sort of repeating task with a checklist and you remember we spoke about checklist ages ago mm-hmm. it's it it's a good discipline i've got to say it may be the oldest technology alive but it is a great discipline to make sure that you you get everything done so um yeah, really, really leaning into it, um, trying to sort of hear your voice in my head saying, you must trust the system. And to trust the system, you must put everything in. You're, you're sort of like my Yoda. There you are. Ah, well. It's a role you didn't know you were going to get. Uh, I do have the bald head and the uh, ear hair. So, you know, hey, I'm, all I got to <laughs> do is hold my breath a little, turn a little green. Um, and, you know, some of my sentences come out a little messed up anyway. So, hey, I could do Yoda. That's all good. Well, there you go. And and the second bit is an update on spice. I think we spoke last week. She she got a paw. Uh, she got a seed, a grass seed, uh, inside her paw. So, um, the the grass seeds here sort of burrow into, um, well, ideally earth, so that they can then grow into grass. But if a dog happens to get one, uh, then they can burrow in, uh, and it. It then becomes, you know, the immune system kicks in and so the foot starts swelling and it's all, you know, nasty, nasty. Uh, and we had one removed, which is possibly the most horrible experience I've had at a vet, apart from the obvious one, where they um, they essentially go in with some tweezers and have a little route around um, by feel, trying to, trying to find a, a, a grass seed inside the flesh of your dog's paw. Not nice. Um, well... When we got her back, she she was still struggling and she kept, you know, uh, licking the wound. And we had to get a cone on her to stop her doing that. Um, and so I took her back. And I said that something is not right, or words to that effect. Um, and so they went, well, should we do it again? I went, oh, must we? 
I don't know if you know, Justin, I'm squeamish. So I really don't like looking at blood and guts, but clearly I'm holding the dog. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we did it again. And not she didn't have one grass seed, she had two. <laughs> so the second one has been removed today. Uh, and I'm just looking at her now. She's outside of my office window, uh, <laughs> crashed out on the concrete, slightly high. She's still uh, feeling the effects of the anaesthetic. But hopefully all fixed. Oh, poor Spice. But, you know, when, you, when you're talking about squeamish, um, it's a good thing we don't do this by video uh, because you would actually see how horrified I am to listen to this. This is the point of wreck diffs where John talks about his toenail that I, I turn off the show <laughs> or, you know, skip ahead. And it's really hard to skip ahead when you're actually supposed to be recording as well. Uh, between... between uh, your, your wounded uh, paw and Spice's wounded paws. Oh, it's this 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 show is going to need an explicit rating, Stu. I'm I'm <laughs> I'm still my my butt is clenched. Ugh. I, anyway, I, I, all I can say is I'm glad she's getting better. I hope yours is uh, much better, and you're back on the golf course and back to normal, so we don't have to talk about it anymore. <laughs> well, I have started playing golf, and I do have some excitingly new tight compression stockings which are uh, really helping it heal faster so fingers crossed all will be well still not helping with the visual sesh do <laughs> now give me some lovely follow-up oh, oh, you throw me completely off my game now all right uh north american pens have started to arrive uh so i got a couple of nice thank you emails uh so which is great lovely to hear uh i also got an especially kind and lovely email from a listener aaron uh, of the Arctic Circle fame, who took us into Alaska. Uh, she was checking in on us, uh, particularly with fire season around us. As I mentioned, we had uh, some lightning strikes the other day. We got a new fire only about nine kilometers away from us. So it's it's crazy living up in the mountains. Uh, how's your fire season going, Stu? Are you having the same challenges that we are? Do you, do you get the summer storms? Uh, we do get summer storms from time to time, but generally not in August. Um, we'll get more in September. Uh, but no, it's been quite quiet for us, he said, touching wood, uh, fire-wise at this end of the island. So um, I'm hoping uh, we've got, I think, another sort of really hot week forecast. But then after that, I'm hoping it'll start cooling off a bit and, and the dangers will recede. Yeah, I'm not sure what it'll do for us. Uh, we got a, this torrential downpour the other day, and it's amazing out here. Things are so dry. You go out, you know, two, three hours later, and everything is bone dry again. There's just that little water and humidity in the air. Uh, it's it's quite an interesting thing. Again, first year in this area, so I'm learning all about what the norms are. I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, we got some spectacular, spectacular views, though. The colors around, um, we get uh, some of the the smoke from local wildfires uh, affecting the sunsets and sunrises. So we get all kinds of spectacular colors. We got a fantastic full rainbow last night, which was just really cool to see. Uh, so it's it's lovely, but also a little scary at the same time, especially when you get that alert on your phone that says wildfire alert. Um, it's a bit like listening to Stu talk about uh, his his dog's paw. You just clench a little bit and go, oh, God, what is it? 
Um, also in follow-up, I got uh, on Tuesday my Lamy Neolab package, which is a Lamy notebook and the electric pen. The Basically, it's a, a Lamy Safari ballpoint with some electrical bits inside that supposedly uh, will work on digitizing uh, paper uh, into your handwriting into a digital format. Mm. Um, now, I want to say this as nicely as I possibly can without having to beat myself. What lousy documentation um, and lousy discoverability. It, it comes with, well, what can only be described as an extra large piece of toilet paper with a couple of diagrams on it. Um, that has a, a little QR code to download an app that is equally as undiscoverable. Um, I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm a little grumpy about it because in order to test this, this pen doesn't seem to work on normal paper. It only works on the Lamy paper oh. because there's like a little gray button that you have to press it to in order to get it to work. I did a, there's a test on this toilet paper that they call a manual. Um, I got that working, but I seem to then have to go to a notebook and test on a live piece of paper to make sure it works. And that's just got me grumpy because I didn't actually have anything in mind of how I was going to use this yet. And to waste a page of a brand new notebook, I have notebook notebook fears, Stu. You know what it's like <laughs> when you when you get to that, that brand new notebook, you want to start it right, even though you know it's going to fall apart at some point. I want to <laughs> start it right. So, and, and then, uh, okay, I'm going to go to the back page. and then, But that still makes me grumpy. So um, I've got to play with it. it. It hooks to an app that I put on my my iPhone. So, but the app again, there's no real how to do it instructions. It's, mm. it's just not discoverable. Uh, I'm sure once I get the hang of it once or go to YouTube and watch some YouTube uh, results on it, uh, it will be fine, but I, I'm a little grumpy about it. Plus I had to pay for customs the other day to oh, release the package for me. You know, they showed up with the ransom note. Ah. Uh -huh. Anyway, um, I will let you know that is uh, my, my decision is still um, on hold on that one. Well, we may we may have something to compare notes on because oh. um, I had I had what can well a, a, a normal sort of occurrence, which is whenever I speak to Cosgrove, uh, it ends up costing me money. And we recently recorded uh, a new episode of eighteen fifty seven which I think will be out by the time this drops, um, or will be imminent anyway. Um, and we discussed uh, The Remarkable Two, uh, which is, have you, have you come across this, Justin? I don't believe so. Okay, it's um, it's an e-ink tablet. So uh, think, think oversized Kindle. Okay, I know what it is. I've seen this. Uh, and you write on it, rather than, well, you can read on it too, but you, you can take notes on it. Notes, who would have thought it? Um, and yeah, that's the usual conversation with uh, with Cosgrove. And uh, before before I really knew what was happening, I'd pressed several buttons and, and one was on its way. So uh, I believe that mine is in Cyprus, uh, has been passed from the courier that they paid the money to, to a local courier they've never heard of. Uh, and we all hope that the local courier will at some point come to me. Um, 
Uh, so next time we speak, with a bit of luck, I'll, I'll be jotting notes on my remarkable two. Wow. Mm. Oh, you just made me feel a whole lot better about blowing a couple hundred bucks on this uh, silly pen. Because um, yeah. these, these are not cheap, uh, which is why I didn't no. remember them. So you, you bought yourself a new e-ink iPad. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not cheap, and you have an annual fee to boot. <laughs> so, oh ouch ouch that hurts yeah uh, if you want them to do sort of well kind of any of the functional stuff you, you, you really want the the connectivity so if you want it to turn your writing into text for example you need to be subscribing so hmm, we will see we will see i have i have a use in mind um and I have obviously some inside info from from the Cosgrove, um, and we'll see how we get on. But yes, electronic writing from two fountain pen aficionados. Who, who would have thought it? Hmm. Boy, we're going to have to like talk about notes or something, you know, and and explain what we're doing, Stu. Heavens to Murgatroyd! What about your tool of the week, Justin? What have you got for us? Yeah, well, mine's a bit of a bit of a rant actually. I, t I told you I, before we started, I told Stu I'm in a crabby mood this morning. And apparently I know why <sighs> zoom setups. We are two years into a pandemic in case anybody didn't know. Um, people are still working from home. I was in two professional organizational meetings this week. Uh, they were cameras on meetings. I was astounded by the lack of communicational professionalism from most of the participants. Um, there were a couple of people in their defense that did have um, those terrible sounding, but better than the average uh, gaming headsets, you know, the ones that have a little boom mic that comes down. Mm -hmm. And they were infinitely better than most people including two of the hosts that were yelling into their computer microphones. Mm -hmm. Oh, the sound quality. And, and okay. I'm a picky sound editor. Stu may attest to this, but Oh, the, the sound was so bad. You could hardly hear people. Nobody besides me had good lighting. You know, I, I have a Elgato key light uh, behind my, monitor that I put on should I ever need to present or or be on a Zoom meeting because, you know, let's face it, there were people working out of their bedrooms, um, which, you know, sound like you're in a train tunnel when you're on Zoom and you don't have a microphone. So, you know, at, at this point, if you are one of the lucky ones that is still working from home and you are having to meet with people, please, please, please invest in some quality hardware to make yourself sound professional because it's really hard to take somebody that you consider to be a professional at that level when they're in a bedroom yelling into a really really crappy echoey computer mic uh so i i put together which may actually become part of a blog post that i might do on this my minimum minimum table stapes from working from home uh, first off, get a USB microphone. They're cheap. The AT2100 from Audio-Technica uh, comes with a little stand. It It's about 100 bucks Canadian, maybe 70 bucks US on Amazon. There are other versions. Don't get the no-name ones, but the, there's other versions on there with a little bit of research that are going to be half that price. 
this has really really good sound it's not going to pick up everything it's really really good if you can't get a desktop mounted mic boom to get the mic properly aligned near your mouth so you don't hear all the other stuff uh, get closed back over the ear headphones because you're not going to get headphone bleed into the mic again you could pick up a pair for probably 40 50 dollars um, external speakers you can use those just test it with your microphone looking for feedback my big favorite get a mic kill switch there are some hardware software options depending on what your setup is rather than relying on the software mute button um, you know if you've ever been in a room full of people trying to talk on zoom off on off on click 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 it's somebody's going to screw it up at some point and you're going to hear somebody yelling at their kid in the background um i prefer a dead man switch that Stu knows and occasionally yells at me because i forgot to push it which means that unless i'm pushing the button with my foot it doesn't actually pick up anything that i do uh, i do that largely because i have a, a bit of a dry cough that comes as a side effect to some medication i'm on but the big bonus is nobody can tell on the meeting when I'm actually muted, which means I could do, you know, sort of other things. I can scratch, click with a pen. I can play with it. I can do all kinds of stuff. Um, the other thing is, for God's sake, get a better quality webcam. Uh, maybe camo with your iPhone. I know there's uh, next version of iPhones and Macs will be able to use your iPhone without a tether connection. But you might use something good. I use a Logitech 4K uh, which is probably one of the best ones out there on the market. Uh, but I've got software that allows me to change the field of view, the color, all of that kind of stuff. It's really nice. For a few hundred bucks, you can get something great. Uh, and as I said before, get lighting. Because nobody wants to see you sitting in dark with a bright room behind you. You're kind of looking at a silhouette. And, you know, it, again, table stakes this should be there i use the elgato key light i like it because i can reach over to my stream deck i've got it controlled so i can turn the brightness up i could turn it down i could turn it on and off but even you know sort of 50 40 50 cheap ring light from amazon behind your computer will make things so much better and look so much more professional and then one thing that i would say pay attention to your surroundings as well the number of people that you know have really bad stuff or you know just unprofessional things around i i'm included in one of those i moved my desk around a little while ago and uh, i have to now before i start a zoom call move certain artwork off my desk because which is where it lives uh, because it just doesn't look professional it's comic book art and nobody wants to see comic book art when i'm trying to look professional so you know just just think about it if you can if you have the choice to invest in some of these things and you're working from home, make sure that you've got a good setup because it makes a difference. It makes you look professional. Now, I, I have some questions here, Mr. Twyford. Yes, sir. So first of all, the people on this call, were they, um, uh, were they employees? Were they consultants? Were they independents? I mean, what, who, who were these folk? So this is my professional accountants organization. Okay. So these are, you know, what I would consider high-level professionals, um, the leaders of the conversation that were sitting in darkish silhouettes and talking into their monitors were consultants who were facilitating it and were 
paid to be there. Mm, because, I mean, I would expect that, you know, employees who've been working from home now for, well, two years in effect, um, you know, this really should be, you know, sort of standard issue from the company, shouldn't it? You know, the, this you should be either given an allowance to buy some kit or you should be given the kit to, to represent your company correctly uh, on, on Zoom. True. Um, but even if, you know, you're, you know, companies are companies and, sure. you know, uh, looking at half of the setups, people were just dialing in from their laptop because hmm. I was looking up so many people's noses. It wasn't even funny. <laughs> yeah, that's not nice, is it? Um, and the other thing is the way you're talking about this, I, in your ideal world, on, on that little gallery view. So, you, you know, we have, we have 12, mm -hmm. 12 wonderful uh, professional accountant people, you you would hope to see them all wearing big studio headphones and a massive microphone in front of their face. Well, it doesn't have to be in front of their face. You can move it over to the side. But yes, I, I would like to see them focused on, I mean, they're wearing, uh, some of them are wearing the gaming headsets anyway, but yes, hmm. I, I think the quality, the communication, what, what are we actually doing, right? Are we, what are we communicating? Well, you know, there's a, verbal aspect that is particularly important there's a physical aspect you want to see people's reactions which is why the lights are important uh, but yeah i think it's really important uh, you know there were people that work from home that have children in the background and you can hear the children running sure. around and yeah. you know what you're doing is you're just taking away those those barriers to effective communication and again this is I, i'm putting perhaps a higher level on this because let's face it, 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 this is a professional organization. These are industry professionals. These are, you know, I, I would think that everybody working has a certain level of disposable income. Um, and, you know, if you're choosing to do this, especially after two years, uh, it's hard to imagine that people have not invested a little bit, even if, you know, companies or not. Um, you know, it's not, a, it's not a big investment. Sure. Uh, but anyway. I, I think it's, I think it's uh, sort of, you know, a, a good, uh, you know, even, even, even a headset um, is a hundred percent better than just, you know, echoey yelling into your phone, into your microphone. No, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think, um, I mean, I find the microphones and the, and the big headsets, I find those really distracting on a, on a video call. So um, I don't like wearing them on a video call. I don't like other people wearing them on a video call. So if, if we were doing a professional uh, consultation or whatever on audio, then my setup would be similar to the one you described. Obviously, the lighting is not so important, but I would have the mic and I would have the headphones on. Um, but for a video call, I find it, it sort of obstructs and it becomes a distraction. So, um, I mean, I, I know I drive you insane with my sound quality, but I would rather see everybody in a small headset or wearing AirPods. I agree with you on the on the shouting at your laptop thing. That's that's horrible. It just doesn't work. Mm. I'm less of a fan of AirPods because they capture everything. You know, there there's a delay. There's a Bluetooth delay. Hardwired is always better. But you know, each to your own. Uh, you know, AirPods is a huge improvement to what a lot of people were using. Oh sure. Um, and let's face it, if most people are using Windows, uh, I don't think AirPods actually connect. So. No, this the, there has to be a better way, is what I'm saying. I, I, AirPods, yeah, I'll, I'll go down fighting on that one, Stu.
<laughs> well, you know, there's there's room for all of us in in this world, but possibly not on the same calls. That's about it. But... That's all I would say. Um, but I, you should turn this into a post because I will be interested. Um, I don't. I mean, currently my setup and my location is, it, you know, lends itself well to light. I've got a big window in front of me that, and a very bright Mediterranean sun that shines through it. So, um, but certainly this time of, of night, I, I could do with more lighting um, in, in terms of if I was on a call now, I think I would be quite dark. Uh, and the lighting that I have is, uh, well, it's not behind my screen. So hmm, I shall, I shall look, look for this blog post with interest. Plenty of links required, I think. Mm, I'll probably cost you some money, Stu. I, well, that's apparently what I come to podcasting for. Um, although, I mean, I have to say this month, cash flow, well, this is a tangent, cash flow wise, I am getting regularly punched in the gut this this month. I don't know why, um, but the uh, what was our home in in the UK, which we, we rent out now, um, had has um, hardwood electric gates uh, at the back. Which is uh, it's terribly, terribly privileged and posh, but it's just so that when you know you're coming home, you press the button, the gates swing open, and and you can drive into the driveway. When we had some huge storms last year, um, the wind was such that it it got those hardwood gates moving, and hardwood gates weigh a lot. So when they move, um, the wall that they're attached to. Uh, moves with it so we had all sorts of trouble and costs in, in getting it back and just today i got the bill for replacing the motor on the on the gates and that that was really i, I didn't need that mm. this week um and the tenant reported that the tumble dryer had blown up so that was nice too <laughs> i thought all you english uh, people uh, hang out your stuff on the line i didn't think anybody used dryers over there well, I, um, I t- no, I tell you, in the UK, dryers are relatively um, popular because obviously we do get quite a lot of rain in England. Mm. Um, but I do remember when we first set up the, the tenancy agreement, we excluded all white goods, uh, but at the same time said, but there are some here, and if you want to use them until they, until they die, use them until they die. That appears to be a, a piece of information that my agent forgot and so in subsequent ten- tenancies they've been included so we'd sort of particularly put these in so that we wouldn't have to worry about them and you know we wouldn't have to do replacing of this and replacing of that but there you are um look the the agent has kept the, the property full for me for all the time we've been away so i can't really complain and tumble dryers are not the most expensive things um uh, gates are I can imagine. I can imagine. There we go. There was there was a, a complete tangent for you. Uh, what about your pen and ink of the week, Justin? What do you got? Ah, so I'm using a special pen this week. Vancouver Pen Club uh, has a connection to a gentleman that uh, goes to Italy and buys expensive pens. And so he knows the people at several of the factories. Uh, one of those being Leonardo. So a few years ago, I guess this would have been pre COVID. Uh, he uh, had arranged for a special limited edition Memento zero. That is a Vancouver pen club on the, the, the cat band itself and it's a numbered version as well 
with a particular sandy striated material with this one numbered band uh it's absolutely lovely and i was talking to the the pen club the other day the gentleman's going back to italy again post uh, covid and is going to try and set up another uh special pen so I thought it was really cool and got me digging out this one. As I say, it's kind of a sandy color. It's really nice. Um, I filled it with Edelstein Onyx, uh, something Onyx. I can't remember exactly the right color. It's a brown color, so it's kind of matchy-matchy, uh, mostly because I killed off the Lamy Dialogue, uh, but still have the rest going, which means I don't have my method of self-defense should Coco uh, get really, really... Um, wild and and attack <laughs> me because uh, I don't have that that Lamy dialogue which is the closest thing to a baton I have in this house I think wow <laughs> um so that's kind of that's kind of it for me I, I'm loving this uh you know I don't write with brown colors enough Stu mm -hmm. and when I do I just love them they seem so elegant and some old, so old-fashioned what i really need to do is is get out some cream paper i think yeah because i just really set it off lovely but that's that's me for this week what are you writing with well i'm gonna i'm gonna go back in time and give you my tool of the week as well because i forgot because we got a little bit into zoom um my tool of the week is well it's 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 all visual i suppose it's uh it's the huberman podcast which you can find on youtube or on your podcast player um I mean, this guy seriously is a, literally a brain scientist. Uh, again, TJ put me onto him, um, and he talks about uh, how the brain works, how it controls things, uh, and how you can sort of harness the way that your brain works to, well, Im improve your quality of life. Um, I mean, this guy is proper smart. He's a professor at Stanford, uh, and cover some really interesting subjects particularly from my point of view his last episode was all about alcohol which is something that's been on my mind so uh really worth listening to or i imagine watching i haven't watched it i'll be honest but um i've listened to quite a few episodes that have uh, uh really really brought me something yeah very cool uh, how is the uh no alcohol thing going yeah all all tickety boo um where are we we are uh, as we record uh 16 16 days from my official start um um although i hadn't really drunk for about 10 days before that i was i was thinking about you and about uh the alcohol thing last night we took coco for a walk mm -hmm. and uh, we just go around the block which is not a big block it's a little block and we walk past two neighbors uh both of who well basically said let's get a bottle of wine and uh, have a drink and I was thinking about it going, you know, this is not the neighborhood to quit drinking completely in. <laughs> uh, well, I, you know, I, I, I still, still get those sort of invites and I still accept them. Um, so I sit down and then just don't have the wine. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I've done it before. I did it in, in 2020. So kind of reliving that. Um, and the benefits are what you might expect so you know i'm feeling a lot more energetic i'm feeling a lot more um i suppose uh ready for life which is which is handy you know particularly if your dog keeps getting injured yes <laughs> now pens i'm still i'm still where i was i'm still with the pelican i've got the, the triumvirate of pelican um the they're all sort of big incas so they they'll be around for a little bit although i think that m 
8.05 is probably going to run out first. Uh, and I'm just rotating them. So I've got, you know, blue in the blue. I've got orange in the orange and pink in the pink. So uh, my my journals and notebooks look look really cool at the moment. These sort of bright colors just changing all the time. Cool. Are you still running the Baron Figs on your digital desk? Uh, yes, I have uh, the three squires. Uh, so uh, my my sober one <laughs> is the uh, erasable. So the sort of yellow barrel with a little pink knock. Uh, that's got a blue refill. And then I've got the mad one from, uh, well, I call it the Harry Marks pen uh, because he wrote the short story that went with it. Uh, and the editor uh, in red for when I'm being an editor. Lovely. Lovely. All right. So we're going to talk about, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about notes because we've been sort of teasing that already. Ah, notes. Uh, I, I think Stu has uh, written the book on this one. So <laughs> where, where I was talking last week, this one's Stu's. But uh, it, this is a topic that I've been thinking about. I'm currently reading the Building a Second Brain by Diego Forte, I think it is. Uh, and I have a couple of Zettelcasting books to syntopically read next. Building a Second Brain, I'm halfway through the book, and I haven't made any notes on it yet, so I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad sign, but there it goes. Uh, Stu, I guess the question is, what what's a note and how do we use them? Uh, well, I'm, I'm into this at the moment, um, along with well, half the internet, as far as I can work out. Um, I was seduced, I think, you know, like you were partially by Obsidian uh, and what it could do. You know, it's a clever app uh, with all sorts of funky linking. Um, but I think we both discovered, you probably faster than me, that taking notes for notes' sake, uh, which is part of the uh, premise for building a second brain, and for other people who are very active uh, in this sphere, so Nick Milo springs to mind. I know, I know you're reading uh, Tiago's book uh, in the voice of Nick Milo, right, <laughs> which is an interesting juxtaposition. Um, and I, I could see why you would do that. Actually, I can I can see exactly why you would do that. that. There's a similarity in their in their style, I think. But yeah, just sort of sitting down and going, right? I henceforth will be a note taker. Um, I, I just don't think that works. As Obsidian was was coming to the fore and I was learning about it, and um, I did a course with um, Mike Schmitz, or uh, you know, a course, a seminar, and sort of went through uh, how to use it, what it did. Uh, but I was I was studying, so um, as part of my masters, I have to read a lot of stuff uh, and take notes. Who knew? That's how you study. And so there was an immediate application for it and an immediate chance for me to start writing things down. And also uh, I use uh, a thing called Readwise, which is, um, put simply, I read on my Kindle, highlight things that interest me, and they are automatically synced to Readwise, uh, which is a clever little um, clever little app that um, represents those quotes back to me. So I have a daily review where things come up to me. It was, uh, where was it? It was, it was uh, David Sparks who put me onto it from Mac Power Use. Um, 
and this is a way to try and reinforce these things into your memory. And you know, I, I, I sometimes get frustrated that I read books and then forget that I've read them. Um, and I think that's a real danger with Kindle because you don't have, you know, uh, Justin has some wonderful bookshelves with, covered in books that you can look at and go, oh, I remember that one. Um, that's harder to do on a little Kindle. Mm -hmm. So I take those, those quotes that get imported into Obsidian, uh, and from there I can move them elsewhere if I want to. Um, but I then take a note on my note, and I look at it and go, why did I write that down? Why, you know, why did I capture that? Um, and I ask myself a series of questions. I, this isn't scientific or a, a list or anything um, uh, compulsory, but I don't, okay, why did I write that? Do, do I like it? Do I not like it? Do I agree? Do I disagree? Does it remind me of anything? And I build a little note of my own about the note. So uh, I read a lot of stoicism. And so I might read something in one of Ryan Holiday's book and go, wow, that's, that's interesting. I'm going to capture that because I'm interested in the story that he has alluded to and I want to go off and research it. So that sort of active reading rather than passive reading. We all passively read, you know, you get the latest thriller from, uh, I don't know, uh, Lee Child, you get your Jack Reacher. It's exactly the same as the last Jack Reacher, but in a different town. Fabulous. You read through it. Uh, in the end, the big guy beats everybody up. Good is done and, and the world moves on. You don't really need to actively read that. You're just reading it for amusement, for a diversion. You don't need to retain it. In fact, don't retain it because then you'll enjoy the next Jack Reacher, which will be identical um, <laughs> without ever knowing it. Um, if you're studying or if you're reading something more thought-provoking that you want to actively read, um, you're talking about synoptic reading where you you know read around a subject, uh, then taking notes is useful. Mm -hmm. And that to me is is the is probably the most important thing of all of this is not the apps um, and the, the clever methodologies that they use, delightful though they are, it's I've rediscovered the importance of reading actively and of taking notes more generally. Now, I discovered the taking notes more generally probably the same way as you did, Justin, in terms of you know a, a pocket notebook, uh, an observation, uh, a little thought a fleeting thought that comes into the mind um that's why i i bought a company called pocket notebooks and turned it into nero's notes because i i really i was enthused by that whole rediscovery of of analog tools mm. um and that's then led me into this sort of advanced not advanced active reading and the studying is is another place where you know clearly writing a lot of notes the more notes that I write, the less work that I need to do when it comes to uh, paper time. So uh, the question, if, if it's made available to me, I start making notes relevant to that question. Or if it's not made available to me, I start taking notes uh, out of the texts that I'm reading or the lectures that I'm attending um, on the basis of, okay, that I want to retain these things and, and give myself jumping off points for further research. There's a great emphasis in a master's on doing your own research, finding your own sources, and making notes is invaluable to that. So much like task management, uh, the more you do, the more you want to do, the more useful you find it. And 
I'm I'm very very taken with it. I'm not terribly taken with Obsidian anymore. I have to say, I've moved on from that. But um, that's that's kind of where I am. Where are you with it, Justin? Well, notes for me. Uh, so I'm trying to distinguish between notes and writing, because for me, a lot of my workflow does change depending on what I'm doing. And I've kind of been thinking, and I keep going back to it, the field notes maxim. I'm not writing it down to remember it later. I'm writing it down to remember it now. And that still, to me, talks, it, it, it kind of appeals to my heart in terms of how am I thinking about the notes that I'm making. Um, now, I'm not doing a master's. I'm not doing a lot of... Uh, creative work, you know, in terms of blog posts that need uh, to have pieces of external material. A lot of what I'm writing at the moment are my own thoughts, my feelings, my knowledge, much like us talking on a podcast. You know, it's, it's coming from my own referential experience. And so I'm not making a whole lot of notes like that. Um, and one question I did when you were talking, Stu, um, you've finished some modules in your MBA already. Mm -hmm. How is your note-taking now? Are you archiving those modules or are you continuing to build up on that knowledge base that you already started, just out of curiosity? Um, depends. So the, I did, I've, done, I've completed two modules. So the first was organizational behavior. Um, which is, I suppose, the science, hmm, careful with that word, the science of how organizations work, and then sustainable finance, uh, which is, hmm, well, the concept is that one can invest sustainably, so into projects that are not harmful to uh, well, ESG, environment, social, and governance. So it's about being more mindful of where you go with your money, uh, challenging the concept that the idea of business is to make profit. It's, it's about saying, well, it, at what cost can we make that profit? Now, I am skeptical of sustainable finance. I, I see it as... Um, but greenwashing is a phrase that you'll hear a lot of. Uh, and there's a definite sort of marketing tilt to how, how these things are presented. So I'm less interested in that as an area, although you know, I think it's critical that we do find some way of stopping big companies destroying the planet. That would be really good. Um, I'm more interested in organizations because I guess you know I've been a corporate animal for a long time. I've been managing people, and so I find that interesting. So those are sort of being continued those notes are still visited whereas the sustainable finance well less so i would say boy that was a polite way to put it <laughs> well i do my best less so <laughs> um so for me yeah that that's interesting i was just kind of curious about that uh for me analog notes are still my go-to mm. uh part of the reason that i invested in the neoplan and Stu's now got me looking at this uh expensive e-ink tablet and thinking, huh, oh, mm. I'll have to see what Stu says. Um, I still make notes on the books that I read, for example, talking about Stu's Readwise. Uh, I have a series of notebooks that I actually make notes by hand. 
Um, and weirdly, I do actually review those. Uh, I go back and look at those periodically because my notes are, well, they're, they're notes according to uh, Mr. Forte, you know, where I've distilled it down into sort of the key things rather than just highlighting sections of, of a book. Mm. Um, I've, I've rephrased things in my own world. So I think that that works very well for me. I don't have those digital, the act of taking something that is analog and then bringing it to a digital uh, format is, is still a bit problematic. And I think perhaps would have value to it. However, the retyping stuff doesn't have value. And that's kind of where I'm, I'm at at the moment. Um, for me, switching to a device to take notes is extremely problematic for me. It, it takes me right out of my reading experience. Again, as Stu said, I, I read everything. Um, if I if I want to finish something, I want to get the most of it. I read it in a preferably hardcover book. Uh, and again, I'm I, I have a, a nice little library here. I'm I'm a little uh, privileged in that way, and you know that's just something I prefer to do because that's how I digest the most information. If I'm out and about. I always have a field notes in my pocket and luckily I'm getting out and about more often. And so more things are, are going into the field notes. Um, I also have, uh, I've talked about it before capture devices. So, you know, there, there are ways to digitally capture notes if I, if I need to do that. Sort of depends on what it is. If it's an observation, quite often the act of writing it down in an analog way, appeals to me you know it's it's it helps me capture it it helps me parse the thoughts so that i'm writing down what i mean rather than just a long-handed note with uh, you know corrections in there and autocorrect and typos and all the rest of that that i then have to deal with later so yeah i'm i'm kind of using a little bit of a blended system with i would say for me the predominant part of that is, is still analog for me mm. um and that's kind of why i'm this digitized notes the zettel casting is something that i'm quite interested in but again like Stu, notes for note stake i'm, I'm really trying to understand how does that into, fit into my life what is the value of spending time making these notes, curating these notes, um, and finding the notes. That's something that I've sort of thought about is, you know, how do I find these notes once they're done? What's my system for that? I have, uh, you know, I'm going back to Mr. Forte's uh, writing. I've got a lot of his, what do they call it? Power, you know, mm -hmm. uh, projects, areas. Um, Responsibilities respons to Marco. Yeah, uh, I have a series of... No, resources, resources in Arco. I've got a series of folders on my desktop that I save documents and things like that into already. You know, I've got, I've got those in there. Um, do I go into them? Are they an active place? I think there's a place for this to, you know, certainly looking at the potential of Zettel casting for bringing that all into one spot. I think there's something there for me. I just haven't seen the return or the potential return on investment for what I'm doing. I do see if you're creative, if you're doing an MBA program, if you're if you're doing something where you have to collate the ideas, I do see the value in it. 
for me at my stage in life, I'm having a much harder time understanding the investment in the time it would take for me to tend a data garden. Hmm. There you go. That data garden. There's a, there's a word. That... A data garden. But yeah. Um, Stu, what, what about you? Any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the, the writing side is, I mean, obviously we both write um, and that's an important element of this. So I have uh, some ideas for some, some novels um, that require, well, the sort of things that novels require, characters, <laughs> plots, <laughs> locations, that type of thing. And so, again, they lend themselves to, to notes. And like Justin, I have an enormous amount of pocket notebooks, uh, which I've always taken notes in since, I don't know, 20, I'm going to say 2015, something like that. Seven years, I've been furiously taking notes in, in pocket notebooks, and before that, in planners. And the, the pocket notebooks are lovely. Um, I love having one with me. Um, you know, it might be a field note. It might be something else. I, you know, I liked it so much. I bought the company, that type of thing. <laughs> I, I, and I, I enjoy sitting in a, in a cafe now and, and just, you know, seeing something or thinking something and capturing it. I also acknowledge that what I'm enjoying is observing and capturing. And because of, you know, practical matters that it's 35 degrees in the shade, um, <laughs> a little field notes in my back pocket needs, needs to be a sturdy little fellow to survive living in there. Uh, and it's not always convenient to have um, a piece of paper with me that, that doesn't sort of mix very well with sweat. Let's not get graphic. Um, so like Justin, I have a capture method electronic. Um, something that lives on my electronic device, which I can just use to capture something. We, we both use drafts. Uh, I use other things too. Um, but again, what I'm focusing on is I, I want to be able to capture. Mm -hmm. And um, that capture for writing, then I really want to be able to get to a place, and this is, you know, Tiago is, is big on this, um, is from my notes i want my writing to grow whether that be long form or a blog post uh let's look at justin's thoughts about a proper zoom setup i'll tell you how i would work that so thinking about a proper zoom setup having just had a call that annoyed me i would be just like justin what is it these people are doing wrong and i would start writing down things now that may be that i would write them down on a notebook that's probably where i would start um, because I'm, I'm always surrounded by things. Um, but I might turn to say, okay, I'm just going to make a note on that. And I would make a note similar to the, to the show notes of, okay, this is, this is what was wrong. This is what they could do. This is what they should do. This is why they should do it. And those, those thoughts would sit inside my note taking app of choice. Um, probably in. Uh, where would that be? That would probably sit in working tools for me, which is a subsection of writing, which is a subsection of creating. So that's where that would sit. I would write a note and then I would probably add to it because like Justin, I would go, so what would be the best microphone? Well, not the best microphone. What would be a good microphone for every man? And I would go and find it and I would find the link and I'd put it, and I would start building out the note that way to the extent I'm like, oh, yeah, this would make a good article. What I want is to be able to write that article there, right where I am. 
And that's what I do. So I will then take that, turn it into an article, and then export to, uh, if it's a blog post, uh, to, to, my, to my blog. And the note-taking apps that I'm using at the moment, I'm using Craft, that is very, very good at producing very, very nice text. It's a lovely writing app. And I think that's really it. what it was born for, was to be a writing app. Mm. Um, and so I, it's very Apple-centric. Okay, if you're a Windows user, you're probably not going to like it. Um, but I develop those notes into articles or to thoughts for a book or, you know, wherever they might live. And again, I don't think it's the app that's important particularly. It's, it's the workflow and the ease of the workflow. So how would you turn this into a, into a blog post? Well, as you, as you saw from my uh, notes on this and my bit of a rant earlier, um, I've, got, I've got my thoughts down, surprisingly, in a capture device, which happens to be Google Docs, which is what we're using, mm -hmm. uh, which just for the record is my least favorite um, <laughs> uh, capture yeah. device that I have. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I, I will put down my drafts. Uh, I will put down my notes. Um, I use just technology wise uh, it and and this has changed over time, but I largely use drafts, which we've talked about before. Uh, I talked about it last week in terms of it's a it's a place that I have access to from my phone, from my watch, from my computer. I love it because it pops up with a new empty draft. I can just capture so much. And from there, I can export that to any of the different applications that I use. So let's say I captured something in drafts. I can send it to OmniFocus. It becomes a task. I can send it to Bear, which is where I tend to do my article writing. I can use it in many different places. What I've actually weirdly found is that I am actually capturing things in drafts and then they don't need to go any further uh, because I'm, and this is what I say, a newer thing for me. Uh, if I'm drafting up a memo or something like that, I'll quite often do it in, in drafts and then tag it and just archive it. Mm. Um, I don't need to get into the part of putting that into a separate database. And it's effective for me because... If I do need to go into anything, I go into my archived and do a search for the tags that I have. I've got a series of them and it doesn't take long for me to find what I'm looking for. So this is, has been a new thing sort of over the last year, perhaps, where this has become my default application, if you like. Um, the one thing I like about drafts, everything is in one application. And that's the attraction of craft. It's the attraction of obsidian a notion, any of those where everything is within one app. I use BBEdit for true markdown web work notes, those kind of things. Uh, BBEdit, each thing is a separate file. Each one lives in a project file. So it, it's great. I have all these text files there. But in terms of searchability, they're not quite as easy to search. Mm -hmm. You're into sort of more global searches than you are something like drafts where I can actually find it uh, in, in just a general search. So that, that's kind of interesting that I've moved that way. Uh, does that make sense, Stu? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, we're, we're as ever, we're quite similar in what we're doing coming from slightly different angles. But 
Um, that's that's me is the great attraction of craft. I mean, I don't do anything with my watch particularly. So, um, like you, if if I do have drafts too, and I, I enjoy it, but I, I'm I'm more likely now to make a quick note in craft than I am into drafts because from drafts I was just going to move into craft anyway. So, mm-hmm. and and some things in craft stay there forever. Some don't <laughs> just get wiped out, uh, and some then grow into to something else uh where i can start creating you know atomic notes and little snippets that might link to other things that's where i explore my thinking more so there now than in um pocket notebooks the problem with pocket notebooks for me was always Mm cross-referencing you know oh where did i see something about that oh and then go don't get me wrong it's fun going back through the archive box and pulling out so i think it was april let's have a look and then spending some time that's a lovely way to spend an hour but it's not the most productive way to spend an hour necessarily um and so i i'm leaning into the convenience the efficiency that, that an electronic version of those same thoughts gives me and i'm settlecasting is a it's an analog well initially analog way of doing the same thing it's, it's essentially Zettelkasten is a referencing system. I mean, it's nothing more than that. But um, it does allow you to go out and buy some really nice boxes. <laughs> you can't knock a decent box. No. Uh, and referencing, uh, again. But it, the, the question still comes down, what's a note for, right? I think that's always, mm. when we're looking at notes, what is it for? Why are we tending to it? And I, I think there are... There are good reasons and there are bad reasons. And we've got to be careful, as Stu said, not to get caught up in the hype of, well, we all should be putting everything into Obsidian and cross-linking mm. it and backlinking it and all the rest of that. Because those notes may not have the lasting value. Yeah. Uh, is is everything going into craft for you? Are you doing all your writing there now, Stu? Uh, no. No. I mean, I'm... Um, uh... Similar to you, or as you just, I think, elucidated, that there's there's an important difference between capturing and keeping. So mm-hmm. you capture stuff for all sorts of reasons. You capture it because it made you laugh. You capture it because you think, oh, I, I want to remember that. Uh, you capture it just because it's peaked something. You then review that, and that review process at some point should be saying, oh, yeah, that was fun. That can live in my pocket notebook forever. I don't need to take it anywhere. I don't need to do anything with it. Uh, and that, I think, is the important aspect. So I use multiple captures. So I have craft. I have drafts. I have a pocket notebook. I have a, what do you call a scratch pad on my desk. Um, uh, I have things which I don't really use for notes, but occasionally one or two gets in there. I have Apple Notes that I use for uh, another podcast and share with the current Mrs. L from time to time. I have uh, Google Docs, which, you know, uh, like you, I, I don't understand why it has to be so awkward and difficult, but it, it does sync very reliably, very quickly. So all of those are possible capture areas. And I don't, I've, I don't get sort of precious about where things are captured. But what I want to then do is say, okay, I want a review process that says, let me just have a quick scan of where I capture and see if there's anything that I want to curate, anything that I want to move on. And that's when I move into craft. In my case, it was Obsidian. Um, And this is so, so in vogue now that 
there are loads of alternatives. You know, I mean, even if Evernote is still there, the mighty Evernote, um, I would I would be cautious of putting things in Evernote because it's the devil's own work to get them out again. Um, but Evernote, uh, Ulysses can do this. There's nothing wrong with that. Bear that you've mentioned is a brilliant notes app um, that I spent a lot of time in uh, years gone by. Um, drafts, as you said, uh, where, what is their tagline? Where, where text begins or something. It's, it's an excellent app with a million and one actions. Um, Obsidian, uh, Rome Research, uh, Notion. I mean, all of these things <laughs> can, can do it. As it happens, I daily I use craft. That's where my blog posts are all coming from now. That's where my notes are living. That's where my study notes are living. That's where my assignments are written. Mm. I also use Scrivener. So my novels are in Scrivener. Um, but actually, I at one stage I came out of Scrivener and went into Ulysses. Um, I don't know if you know Matt Gemmel. Um, he's, um, he's a writer, a Scottish writer, he used to be an app developer. Um, his website is mattgemmel.com, but I'll check that. Um, he devised a theme for Ulysses to make it not Scrivener-esque, but give you kind of everything that you might need. Because I really underuse Scrivener. I, I bought it mm-hmm. uh, on all the platforms because that's where you put novels uh, and then just completely ignore <laughs> most of the functionality. Um, and so I... I still write there, but I'm very nervous about it because it's such a cluttered screen and mm-hmm. it's just so much, um, cruft is the wrong word, but so much sort of superfluous uh, functionality that I'm not sure I'll stay there for the, the next one that I'm, I'm writing. Um, I might go back into to Ulysses or I may, I suspect, go to um, Craft hmm. because it, it's, it just sort of fits with uh, the the way that I work, the the aesthetic that I like, um, I I just really enjoy it. Now that there may be a novelty bias there, I'm prepared to uh, I'm prepared to admit, um, but it's uh, it's wonderful at the moment because there's so many wonderful, really good, well made, highly developed apps that are you know just getting developed all of the time that. Um, yeah, you're, you're spoiled for choice, really. What about you? What are you using? For the bigger stuff, I, I still use Bear for drafting up my writing. So for mm. things like blog posts, um, I still type in Bear. I, I just find, as you said, Scrivener, which I have a long forgotten novel lying somewhere on my hard drive uh, in Scrivener. You spend more time planning and organizing and less time writing than you know, perhaps you do in other things. I still have it. Uh, I, I still use bear. I like the very simple with a couple of keystrokes. I just have a blank page that doesn't have a lot of formatting. I just type, uh, the one caution I do have about any application that you use was based on something I read in the news this week, last week. And I just thought I'd mention it here because we're talking about using notes for, for future. You're, you're building up that, what do I call it? A data garden. Mm. Google got a little hissy with somebody the other week, mm-hmm. and I don't know the whole story with it. There was a gentleman that I saw a news article on who had an Android phone and apparently was working with his doctor for, well, um, 
the child had something wrong with their privates. So the gentleman took a picture of his child's privates and emailed that to the doctor. Uh, the doctor diagnosed it by looking at it, uh, sent over a prescription, you know, a very modern sort of way of using technology. Yeah, COVID times, yeah. You know, exactly. Uh, I can't say I've actually had had that, uh, you know, taken a picture and sent it to my doctor, but certainly uh, e-doctoring is, e-healthcare is a thing that has has happened over the last couple of years. I, I now talk to my doctor when I need him. By phone, it's very rare that I go to see him. And after the last uh, post-50 physical, I don't want to go see him anymore. But anyway, this this gentleman took pictures of his kid's uh, groin area and forwarded it to the doctor. Well, he got locked out of all of his accounts and reported to the police uh, for CSAM, which is um, child sexual abuse material. He can't recover his... Uh, Google accounts, which, you know, if you think about that and you're running, let's say, an Android phone and that kills your phone number, it kills your email, it, you know, it kills your documents. There is no one apparently at Google that he can talk to. It's just sort of automated stuff. Now, I don't know the whole story on this. I, I, I would likely think there's something else that is not public knowledge there. And I'm not advocating that Google is wrong. Google is right. I don't know the story. What I do suggest is that if you are building your document library in a place that you don't own and control, you are in a very scary place. You know, some of these apps, uh, can you remind me, Stu, Craft, I haven't really spent a lot of time with it. Is that uh, hard disk space or is that on a server somewhere? Uh, hard disk space and, and then synced. Okay. Um, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm always nervous that, let's say, an app goes out of business or an app suddenly decides to do something weird like this. They've got a new policy in place. The app gets hacked and everyone gets shut down. Are you going to lose that documentation, that, that ability to get into that? And I, I just thought, you know, we're, we're talking about crafting documents in such a way that you're building up a repository and backups are great, but I think at the very essence of this, I, and part of the thing that I think originally brought Stu and myself to Obsidian was the fact that it's a series of markdown applications on your hard drive you know you can look at those files without obsidian i can use anything like a bb edit or a text edit i can see those and i think that's really really important when we're looking at how do we throw everything together um, so i just thought i'd put that as a bit of a i don't want to say negative thought but something that if you are thinking of digital notes Think about how you're going to get into those in the future. How are you going to access those? How are you going to continue to find the note that you've invested time in? Absolutely. I mean, having access to your documents is, well, as you say, <laughs> the worst possible thing. I mean, that poor guy, I mean, he's lost, I assume, a huge amount of his life. He just can't, uh, you know, can't get to, which is scary. Mm -hmm. I, again, I don't want to. I don't want to pass judgment on it. I, that I know is a, an ugly and serious thing. You know, I've got a a child in the house, so certainly I have my own uh, thoughts on this whole process. But the act of locking out scares me. 
that's that's kind of my thought on it. All right, Stu, any thoughts on notes, any takeaways that we can give people to summarize our discussion? Uh, yeah, look, I, I think we're all agreed. Don't take notes for the sake of taking notes. However, if there are things that you are reading or observing or thinking that you want to retain and develop, the notes is the way to do it. And give some thought to how you want to do that. Don't end up like Stuart with 17,000 million notes in 101 different places. <laughs> have, have them somewhere where they can be linked and where you can read them together. And be a curator. Don't preserve every note you take because you think it's going to be important. It's probably not, and that's okay. But where you do think of something, hang on, that might be useful. Put it somewhere where you can use it. What about you, Justin? Where's your takeaway? My takeaway is actually dovetails with yours quite nicely. I went with the infamous Simon Sinek uh, title of his book, Start With Why. It's easy to get excited by the tools, the latest book everybody's hot on, uh, Tiago Forte's book at the moment. It's getting a lot of reviews. I could see some value in it, but I think we often lose sight of the why. So myself, we got excited by Obsidian. We started capturing notes in it. And then you kind of go under, what's the why? What will the value of the notes that we make today have for us in the future to justify the time investment today? And I would say that if you're going to start on note taking and digitizing those and changing your systems, like Stu, saying some thought up front could be the difference. Um, I think, again, same thing. What are you going to do with them? the why of what you're doing? And then find the tool that meets the why, not the why that meets the tool. <laughs> Nicely put. All right. Where can people find you on the interwebs, Stu? Uh, well, you can find me at uh, stuartlennon.com. Uh, that's where you'll find my writing, most of which starts in craft these days uh or you can find me on twitter at Stu lennon or you can find me on instagram at stuart.lennon.587 there's a catchy name uh and if you're in the market for some cool stationery then check out nerosnotes.co.uk what about you justin where can people find you the easiest place to find everything that i do is justintwyford.com that's got links to all my socials and everything else. If you want to find more about Stu and myself or send us an email, you can go to stationaryjacent.com, email us at stationaryjacent at gmail.com. We do read everything and try to respond as well, uh, though perhaps not as timely as, uh, you know, some things because, well, we, we've talked about mail before. Oh. Please take a moment to like and review us on your podcast catcher choice. Uh, we really do appreciate your recommendations to friends and colleagues. Our next topic in this series is going to be on managing reading. Oh, so I might have already given away some of that on this episode, Stu. <laughs> All right. Until then, goodbye and stay productive. Yes, us. <laughs>